come before you with a grateful heart. I love the joy that was just heard in that song. I love the joy that is seen in hearts of persons who are opening themselves to the joys of Christ. I ask that you would turn in your pew Bible to the New Testament, page 190, Colossians Verses 23 and 24. Our scripture verses today speak to much of how we face the world, much of how we we come into contact with others, and so it is with that in mind that we read. Whatever your task, put yourselves into it as done for the Lord and not for your masters, since you know that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You serve the Lord Christ. The word of God for the people of God. Summer is drawing to a close and I lament with you. It has been a a wonderful summer and one in which I have seen the growth of children, the witness of Christ, and um, have had an opportunity to, to go and to hear the sounds of of families who are seeking not only rest and relaxation, but Sabbath time with God. On one of those occasions, um, I heard a little girl singing the song, Row, Row, Row Your Boat. Would y'all sing that with me? I want you to sing loud now. Row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. Merrily, 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 life is but a dream. Do it one more time. Row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. Merrily, 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 life is but a dream. Amen. Love it. Love it. This simple little song, which has the rhythms much like the tides of the ocean, just was a little ray of sunshine. And that day we sat and we listened and we started to just think about, you know, the lessons that we had learned as children. And the lessons that we carry with us that can often translate into lessons of faith and how we approach life. So today we're going to use that song and we're going to dive into some scripture and we're going to discover what it means to row your boat for the Lord. First of all, we come to the line, row, row, row your boat. And that just, that's a line that just, it it can sound exhausting at first. Row, row, row your boat. Lots of emphasis on rowing. But to row is to put things in order. You know, if you're doing a spreadsheet, you have a row. I'm doing a column, but it's a row. You have, you have an arrangement to things. You have an order to things. And if you're going to row, you're going to go forward. We don't tend to row backwards. We tend to row forward when we go in life. And one of the things that we are called to do is to row, and to do so, you can't help but sing row, row, row your boat with a smile on your face. I didn't see one of you frowning while you sang that. 
My mom always adopted the philosophy that you whistle while you work, and it made us have a smile on our face. You'll hear a little bit more about that later. One of the things that we have to do when we row is to focus on the task at hand. My friend Kimberly and I decided to take canoeing and sailing in college as one of our PE courses. We thought this was going to be all fun. We were going to go to the lake and we were going to hang out. And then we learned about halfway through that our final exam for the canoeing portion was to traverse the Hiawassee River. And first we asked if we got a life jacket. Second, we said, okay, what is, how long, what does that mean? And they said, okay, we're going to train you for it. So we did our training And the first thing we did when we got in the water was we both started trying to steer the boat. And it ended up, we started looking at what others were doing. And the next thing you know, we went down the first set of rapids backwards. I was in the back of the canoe, and that was not a good feeling. We soon realized that in order to row, we had to keep our focus. We had to row our boat. Just like the song says, row, row, row your boat, you are responsible for rowing your boat. I am responsible for rowing mine, and sometimes we're put into the boat together. Boats are vessels that offer buoyancy. They keep us afloat. They they transport goods. They offer rescue and relief, and they offer respite. Throughout history, boats have been used for powerful things. Um, some of you may have seen the movie Dunkirk that's out in theaters now. It's a, it's a movie about World War II. In May of 1940, Hitler had invaded France, and he had pushed the, the Allied troops all the way to the edge of this seaside town, and, and the Allies were holding a perimeter that allowed for some safety, but the troops were, were stuck with the beach. Now, if you know the beach, you've got the ocean, and that doesn't leave you much margin for error. It also left them exposed and vulnerable to attack. As the officers began to confer about how to rescue these troops, they began to talk about the numbers, the fact that there were 400,000 troops there on that beach waiting to be rescued. The British naval fleet was being held for the Battle of Britain, which would take place soon thereafter. And though they attempted rescues by boat, they often found that the the boats were torpedoed, and they began to discuss what the best hopes were. One of the officers in the film, in this scene, just says, we're hoping to get 30 to 40,000. 10%. The others stood there stunned. These were grim forecasts. One of the officers looks and he says, How can this be when I can see home right over there? They began to ponder, they began to wonder and to pray, and word began to travel. And soon, on the horizon, one of the officers with his binoculars 
began to look and see hope. He lowered them, and, and another officer saw him. He said, what's going on? And he said, don't you see it? It's home. And he said, well, yes, sir, of course I can see it across. And he says, no, it's home. Boat owners from England were coming in their private vessels to rescue the men at Dunkirk. 338,000 plus men were rescued that day. Through the use of military ships, Red Cross ships, and those private vessels, life was able to continue to go on. In Ecclesiastes 3.22, we read, There is nothing better for a person than to enjoy their work. And the New Living Translation continues, That is why we are here. No one will bring us back from death to enjoy life after we die. We have right now. It's called the present for a reason. It's a gift. Second chances are few and far between in this world, but God sees fit to give us second chances, and we often have second chances in our labors and in our efforts with others in the world. My friend Kimberly and I received the opportunity to correct our course for the next set of rapids, and we did go down those forwards. The people of England rallied and they were able to work together to benefit persons simply by showing up and offering what they could. Rowing your boat takes focus. It takes attention, and it gives you purpose and direction to chart the course of life, and especially that of the Christian life. So we've talked about rowing our boat, but how do we do that? As the next line of the song says, we row it gently down the stream. Gently. I was recently in Milwaukee, and I had the opportunity to sit at, um, at a marina and watch the boats come in. And there were boats that came in full speed ahead, and the wake would just it would toss all the other boats and dinghies around, and um, it would frustrate some folks. Others would go gently through the waters. When we proceed with compassion and care for others, it's how we do it gently. The course we charter affects the waters that others navigate. In the movie that I was seeing yesterday with Dunkirk, um, there was a pilot who had crashed into the ocean and he was sitting on the top, he had managed to get on the top of his plane and sit and wait for rescue. And one of the boats had a father and a son on it and as they approached the wreckage, the son said, come on dad, pull up right next to it. And he said, son, we can't do that. If we go too harsh, we'll create more harm than good. Be patient. And they were. And they got as close as they could, and they threw the rope, and they brought this young man into the boat 
Later on, there would be another rescue that would require a gentleness and a compassion. How many times do we come upon someone who is our neighbor? We can't just charge in. We have to go in gently and find out and be able to assess and come up alongside them to see what it is we can do. One of our first rules as Methodists is to do no harm. Colossians 3 reminds us of the compassion that we need so that as we face one another, just as, just as these, um, these boats would approach and come up gently, they, they weren't looking at uniforms to see which side somebody was on. They saw a person, and they wanted to rescue them. Colossians 3, 2, or 3, 11 also calls us to look beyond the surface. Here there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as the chosen people of God, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with kindness, compassion, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with one another any complaint and forgive any complaint you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. If you've ever charted the waters of forgiveness, you know that requires a gentleness and a compassion and care. It's not something you can do swimming upstream, which is why I believe the line very appropriately says, gently down the stream. I'm not sure that um, Moses' mother had a great deal of confidence in the basket she placed her child in the river in. She had confidence in God. And she didn't try to push him upstream to somewhere different. She let the current take him to where he was supposed to go. And the purpose he filled was amazing. Amos calls us to let justice roll down like waters, that there's a flow to things that are what they are supposed to be. I love Braves baseball. Yes, I said that, despite their record. And I was watching one day when there was a rain delay, and they began to talk, and I, and I was about to change the channel, and then they said they were going to talk about John Schmoltz. And he's one of my favorite players. Um, I'm old, I, I know, but he's one of my favorite players. And he began to talk about his journey his dream as a child to pitch for the Detroit Tigers. He'd grown up in that area. He wanted to to represent them. And sure enough, he he was drafted, and as they began to work with him, things just weren't going right, and they were giving him suggestions left and right. And no matter what he did, it, it just wasn't working. And the time came to make a decision, and the team traded him to the Braves. Leo Mazzoni, in one of his first sessions with John, began to um, talk to him, and he said, if you were going to, he said, throw the ball for me. 
So he threw it the way he'd been taught in Detroit, and he said, something's not right. And he said, why don't you try this? And so he tried that, and that didn't work. And he says, all right, forget everything that you've been told. I want you to throw the ball the way you throw the ball. Strike. Can you do it again? Strike. Again and again and again and again and again. We know what happened following that. Schmoltz became a, a vital part of the Atlanta team and became dear to the hearts of Braves fans. Sometime later, the Detroit pitching coach saw Leo Mazzoni and he says, I don't get it. He said, within just a month or two of him coming to the Braves, he's doing great. What, what did you do? You've got a, a secret to pitching, to coaching pitching that we don't have. What did you do? And Leo Mazzoni smiled at him and he said, we let him be himself. It's a powerful thing when we go with the current of life and we don't try to go upstream and we don't try to be something we're not and we're not forced to be something we're not. It's powerful when God works and, and that current takes us to amazing places. The resistance of a stream can erode our purpose, our energy, our discernment, and it can wear us out. But when we go with the current of life, we find ourselves traveling through waters that we might never have imagined. So we have rowed our boat, and we've done so how? Gently. And where do we row it? Down the stream. So how do we do that? Merrily, yeah. Merrily, 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 merrily. Four merrilies. Joy times four. In the book of James, we are told to count all things as joy. <laughs> in Philippians 4, we are told to rejoice in all things. We sang, Rejoice, ye pure in heart. We're going to sing, Joyful, joyful, we adore thee. In Psalm, we're told to enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. And you can't praise if you aren't joyful and merrily moving along. Amen? Mom's motto of whistle while you work was one that she reminded me of one Saturday when I really didn't want to do the list of chores before me. And I, I had a rotten attitude that day, and I was just, I said, I want to go play ball. And she said, but this, these things aren't done. And I said, but I want to go play ball. And she said, why don't you try whistling while you work? And I'm like, that's a Disney song, Mom. You know, I gave her the eye roll that we give our mom every so often. And she said, try it. So I did. I knocked out more than that list of tasks before I knew it and found a joy in helping her that I didn't know I could find, and it was all a shift in my attitude. I was recently watching an education video, and since we're going back to school, it's appropriate that we consider just how each and every one of our attitudes can have that impact on what others learn. 
not just within the school system, but in the community at large. There was a little boy, and he, he's in the video, and he goes to get on the bus, and he says, Hi, Mr. Gordon. And Mr. Gordon says, Get in your seat. Little boy drops his head and goes, and he finds a seat, and he gets to school, and he sees the principal, and he's like, Mr. Smith, I'm so glad to see you. And he says, get in that classroom right now. We don't have time for this. This is the first day of school. We've got to get you. Just get in there. By the time he gets to his classroom, he's stuttering as he tries to get Mr. Kramer's name out. Mr. Kramer was new, and he said, I I just need you to come in and sit down and be quiet. I'm just not going to have disruption in my class. Just come in and sit down and be quiet. By noon, this little boy didn't care anything about what he was being taught. Then we get take two. Little boy hops on the bus and he says, Good morning, Mr. Gordon. Mr. Gordon says, Hey, buddy, gives him the fist bump says, it has been a long summer. I am so glad to see you. I hope you had a great summer and are excited about this school year. I'm glad you're on my bus. He says, thanks, Mr. Gordon. And he says, you know, I I think there's some new kids on the route. Why don't you see if you can help welcome them? Sure thing. Gets to school and he says, Mr. Smith, I'm so excited about this school year. And Mr. Smith gives him a high five and he says, I'm so glad that you and all our students are here. We have great things ahead for you, and we just know you're going to be awesome. I look forward to seeing you throughout the day. This kid's 10 feet tall by the time he gets to his classroom, and there's Mr. Kramer, a new teacher who needed encouragement too. He walks up and he says, Mr. Kramer? He says, yes. And he says, I'm in your class. And he says, all right. He says, we have some fun things we're doing today. I'm so excited. I think your name is in there on a desk. Would you go in there and find it for me? And would you help? You seem to know a lot of the kids. Would you help the other kids find theirs? Yes, sir. By lunchtime, this kid is just so excited about learning. He can't wait to get home and tell his parents what he's learning. Attitude makes all the difference. Another video that I saw, this was at a seminar. There were there's two more I'm going to tell you about. One dealt with a parking attendant whose job was simply to stamp validated on a parking ticket. The business owners became frustrated when there was a longer line for the parking ticket validation than there was for their stores, and they began to check out why, and when they got in there, they saw that the parking attendant was saying, you know what, that that green looks really pretty on you. It goes great with your eyes, and I love that blue on you, and that tie is just, that, it just looks really sharp. He wasn't validating their parking. He was validating them. The last one I want to tell you about um, also speaks to the last line of the song, Life is but a dream, for life is a gift from God, and we're given a purpose, 
I've always been told that what I do with the gift of my life is my gift to God. From 1 Timothy 6.12, we read, Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. James 4 tells us, Listen, you who say today or tomorrow will go to this city or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Do you even know what will happen tomorrow? What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. What you should say is if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that as it is. The video that I want to close with is one that I saw at pastor school. It's one that a comedian posted on a YouTube show that he has. And he was speaking to people about their purpose, about their what. What makes them row? Why? So that then they'll know why they row. Because if you don't know your what, you can't know your why. If you don't know what you're about, you can't know why you're here. And he was in a group, and, and the whole purpose of his comedy is to get people to see themselves so they can discover their what. And he, he called on a gentleman in the second row, and he said, Sir, what do you do? And he said, I'm a music minister. And he says, Great. Sing Amazing Grace for me. Well, he sang Amazing Grace, and he had a beautiful voice, and he did great job, and everybody clapped, and he says, That's awesome. Now I want you to sing it from the perspective of someone who has lost someone to death. Someone who is dealing with the ups and downs of life. Someone who has their faith in God and who you're, and he says, as a music minister, you're trying to tell people that good news. He said, I want to hear that good news as you are in the midst of life. I believe that might have been the most beautiful rendition of Amazing Grace I have ever heard. People were crying, clapping, and he said, now you know your what. He said, which one of those do you want to hear? He asked everybody else, and they said, we want to hear the one with meaning. The words were the same. But he put his heart into the second one. If we don't put our heart into our lives, how can we row our boat? And we can't go get so busy rowing other people's boats because ours will go backwards. God wants us to be in a path that moves forward in life. And he's got a stream for us to navigate. And there are others in that stream with us, but he wants us to row our boat to seek the purpose of our lives, to allow him to make order from our chaos. And he wants us to go gently, compassionately, caringly, kindly, humbly, as we go down the stream, not fighting the current, not trying to take over 
things that, that we simply can't fight, but to go gently down the stream and to do so merrily. Merrily, 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 merrily. For life is but a dream. Take joy in the life that God has given you. Take heart in the life that God has given you. There's wisdom in having a childlike faith. I hope that you will carry that with you today. I'm going to ask you to indulge me one more time. Would y'all lead us in row, row, row your boat? Absolutely. David is, David is so ready for on the spot. Go for it. Row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. Merrily, 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 life is all a stream. singing reminds us that that anthem was incredible you rode that boat well work as if you're working for the Lord row as if you're working for the Lord you will bring gentleness and joy to all you meet in the name of Christ would you pray with me Gracious and heavenly Lord, thank you for all that you have done for us to chart a path of purpose and of energy and one that will allow your light to shine. Guide us as we row. Let your spirit fill us up with compassion and joy and mercy for others. Be with us as we go gently down the stream and grant us the joy of Christ. For though our lives are short, they can have great meaning in you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.